0: Have you ever found yourself in front of a class, like pouring your heart and your soul into a lesson only to be met with these blank stares, these disengaged students? Maybe you create a really cool lesson with tons of engaging activities, but your students just don't do any of it. We've all been there, right? We're, we're like, we're feeling like we're up against a wall of apathy, wondering what exactly we are doing wrong. Let me be real for a second. It is not just about our students. It's about us too. Yeah. Yeah. I said it. Today, we are going to jump into this idea of student engagement or, you know, a lack thereof. And if this is something you've been struggling with, we are going to be talking about this very concept a couple of times over the next couple of months. And so you're not going to want to miss these experts who's going to be giving us these amazing solutions to these very challenges. I thought it would be really cool to bring one of the questions over from the resilient teacher community to the podcast because. I really think this is an issue that many of us are dealing with in the classroom, especially since the pandemic. That question was, how do you not burn out? when students appear to be apathetic about learning and they don't put effort into their work. And so in this episode, we're not just talking about some run-of-the-mill classroom strategies. We're going to explore how our perception and our reactions play a pivotal role in shaping the classroom environment. And so I asked my friend, Danielle Newfer onto the show to help us with this very thing. Danielle is a former public school educator. She's turned coach and the author of The Path of the Mindful Teacher. She's also the founder of Teaching Well. And she spent the last 20-plus years navigating the ebbs and flows of the current school system. She's also helped clients prioritize their own well-being so that they can be their best selves inside and outside of their classrooms and schools. We're going to be talking about the common misconceptions around student disengagement. And she's going to share her unique TLC approach, a strategy that empowers us to understand and reshape our interactions with our students. So if you're ready to shift gears and approach these classroom challenges with a fresh perspective, stick around. This episode is not just a conversation. It's really an invitation to rethink and reframe. So let's jump right in. Hey, teacher friends, welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, your one-stop shop for beating the teacher burnout cycle once and for all. Whether you're searching for inspiration, sustainable strategies, ways to reignite your passion for teaching, or just how to live your best teacher life without sacrificing your personal life, you are in the right place. No cookie cutter solutions here, just real, raw experiences and tips from other teachers who've been there, done that, to remind you, you are not alone. I'm Brittany, your host, a special educator at heart, instructional coach, mom slash bonus mom of five kids, and teacher burnout and sustainability strategist with my agency, Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul. I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize burnout prevention and recovery so that they can live a balanced, filling life inside and outside of the classroom. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, and discussing the hot topics in teacher burnout with other teachers so that you can transform your life from chaos to confidence. On this podcast, we believe in supporting and uplifting one another to heal the system from the inside out. So let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. This episode is sponsored by Highlink.co. You know how planning lessons can feel like you're trying to solve a complex puzzle, the kind that's got you working way past your contract hours? Well, Highlink.co is changing the game. They've got this super cool, free AI lesson planner and activity generator that's like having a virtual teaching assistant. It cuts down on your planning time big time. That way you have more you time outside of contract hours. Not to mention they have an interactive virtual classroom that you can use in person for attendance, a whiteboard, and tons of other engagement tools right at your fingertips. It is designed just for us teachers to make our lessons more engaging and dynamic. Head over to highlink.co to create your own free account and start saving time. Back to this week's episode. Hi, Danielle. I am so excited to have you on the Resilient Teacher Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me here. Yes. So I thought it would be a really great opportunity to talk with you really quick because I had one of the podcast listeners send in a question, and I was like, you know who... Mike could help me answer that question is Danielle. So um, one of the biggest struggles that I've seen in classrooms across the United States, and I've heard from many listeners of this podcast and online, is that students appear to be apathetic about learning and that they don't put any effort into their work. Um, is this something that maybe you can talk a little bit about and help us kind of come up with a solution for this?
1: Yeah. So. I'm not going to solve all your problems in this short little podcast, of course, but I can give teachers a little food for thought about how to maybe expand our thinking about apathy in the classroom and what it's looking like. Um, And I think the biggest thing that I would say right off the bat is as a former, you know, 20 year educator, I think one of the hardest things I was doing was taking things personally. It's very, very easy to take this behavior personally because we give so much to these kids and we want them to like be as invested in these things that we're teaching them and invested like right then and there, right? Like we want them to like light up the way that we do. And sometimes they do, but right now, sometimes they don't. Right. (laughs) So I just want to, I just want to like put that out there that like, you know, it, it, it's, it's not you <laughs> it's just not and that might not make anything feel better but i just i i just like to say that off the top um you know when i'm thinking of this idea of apathy so a a strategy that i'm trying to bring to people that i work with um teachers and school leaders is this TLC approach about tracing your tendencies leaning into your scripts learning your scripts and then creating moments for compassion and calm. So this first thing is trace your tendencies. We're seeing this apathy. We're seeing, um, and it's, and it's causing us to feel stress, right? It's causing us to feel a certain kind of way. And I just want you to pay attention to that. Like, when does it happen? Is it a certain student? Is it a certain class? Is it a certain time of day? Is it a certain time of year? So trace your tendencies, because sometimes you know, it's, it's the, the time of school year that causes kids to, to be more apathetic or us to even notice it more. Maybe they're always being that way, but we're not feeling it, you know, and we want them to like not right be down to where we're at. Right. That, that would be one thing is to just like really trace what's going on there. And once we realize, okay, this is the thing that's like really grinding my gears, this apathy idea. And this is when I feel it. I, I want to challenge everybody. And not that teachers need more of a challenge, so I don't maybe I should use a different word um challenge, isn't it, but just maybe like bring curiosity to this idea. um bring some curiosity and try to learn about your scripts around this. this apathy can we make it bigger than just the thing we're seeing as apathetic? Can we say like, are there other things here? Is there um a seating arrangement that's a problem? Is there um Where's this kid coming from after or before the class that, that he is now in, in front of me with? Um, is there more here? So our script is that they're being apathetic, but can we broaden it to say, is there something more? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because if, if you think about it, we have students that come in our classroom every day. And the way that you said that was awesome that it really may just be us noticing it. And they've been like that all year long, but now you're like, this kid's being apathetic and we're mm-hmm. starting to get stressed about that. And so that script or that automatic reaction that we're having is mm-hmm. is coming into play. So I, I really like the way that you kind of phrase that as a script.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's what I like to say. It's not and that means it's not set in stone but it's something that we should be aware of it's a script it's a running through our head it's a this kid always does that so when we keep our when we catch ourselves saying this kid is always apathetic mm-hmm. we need to pause and be like oh is that true you know is he like that in other classes so when we start into that all or none thinking like that's when we we are probably in our script mode mm-hmm. um so that that's again another place to to you know, trace your tendency. So leading into that script, allowing there to be like a broader perspective. And then the C part that I that I really try to impact to teachers because we can we can like flip our script and all that. But the C part is to create um, opportunities for calm create those opportunities for calm, because this kid, um, and I'm saying this kid, you know, you know what I mean, um, is going to, it's going to show up in a multitude of different ways, depending um on, you know, the year. So it's going to show up again. So if we dissect this, this moment of apathy, and we're like, okay, maybe there's more to it, we then need to find an opportunity, we need to create opportunities for calm for us. So what do we do once we Dissect this. We know it's going to happen again. We have to have something to support us in that moment so that we don't fly off the handle, take things personally, react instead of respond. What are some tools that we can bring into our classrooms? What are some tools we can bring into our days that are going to support us when we have this thing that is going to kind of like trigger us? Um, I hate to use that word, but just like, you know, grind our gears, but however you want to say it. Um, We need to have those opportunities for calm. So some things that have worked um, with the people I work with are um, honestly like putting your hand like right here, like on, I know it's a podcast, but like right on your heart, right on your chest, right on your shoulder and just being like, it's okay. You know, like you don't have to say it out loud, but just like a comfort um, for us in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also, you know, touching like your desk or something like, like something that is in the room, just having that like sort of comfort. Putting something in the back of your room that says, like, it could be something silly, but you could put breathe, but you could have something silly, like, um, I don't know, I like a silly message that you, that, oh, I, I did something, um, with a group recently and, and we did a mountain meditation and like I had them think about, okay, could I put a picture of a mountain in the back of my room to look at to like ground myself? So mm-hmm. visual reminders, um, for ourselves and also like some sort of sensory reminders for ourselves to just like really take care of ourselves in that moment. Because again, we have to remind ourselves that this is not personal. It's not. Um, And, and that is, you know, hopefully a little bit helpful. What What are your thoughts there?
0: No, I think you hit the nail on the head there. We do take it personally when we've, you know, created these engaging lessons or we've put in the work and we're just met with these students who are basically like critics and they aren't as engaged as we want them to be. We take it as a hit to, you know, I'm doing all that I can. And that script that they are being apathetic, that triggers our stress response. We've talked about here on the podcast how like automating often reduces stress. But I think it's in those automated reactions that we have that often kind of continue or exacerbate our stress. And so I just, I really love your acronym TLC for remembering this and for almost creating like a method to help teachers become more self-aware because those tendencies that we have to automatically take things personally and the the script that all kids are apathetic isn't really making an impact, right? Like it's it's not fixing, it's not fixing the problem. It's just creating more negative experiences for us when we don't reflect in that way, when we're not self-aware. And so I think utilizing this TLC framework is really helping us to take action against this. However, I do know that at least one teacher out there is like, what are my tendencies? Like, how do I figure this out? Can you share a little bit about how they might do this and maybe like your experience in the classroom? Like, what were some of your tendencies? What were some of your scripts?
1: Well, I think one of the, the biggest, my personal script that I always use is one where I always take it personally that a student would walk in late to my classroom and I taught high school English and I would always go like to the door and open the door and say, you know, Hey, Mr. So-and-so thanks so much for joining us and had this sarcastic, like as soon as he walked in, never (laughs) give like. A moment's thought that there was something else going on, except I felt like he was late because, you know, it was about me. Like, it was yeah. really about me. And I had to really disentangle that. And um what sometimes happens is that teachers will say, well, then, like, what do you do? Do you just let him off the hook? And I'm like, no. Like, he still was late like he was still late, but I didn't need to like confront him. I didn't need to like be sarcastic. I didn't need to have this standoff in front of the classroom. So what I started to do, my um creating opportunities for calm was what I, what I, once I disentangled this and realized like there was a lot more going on in his life and he was probably talking to his girlfriend and it wasn't about me. And yes, this is a perfect opportunity for me to talk about expectations in the classroom and all those things, but I would always always put the tardy slip on his on his desk and um and just say, you know, write down what happened. So it didn't need to be a confrontation. It right. was like but I and I still turned in the tardy slips or I looked at it and I was like, oh, like, okay, I get it. Or it will allow me to have a conversation, a follow up conversation later on with him that wasn't confrontational. Um so it, you know just that that one like little piece like he still got whatever punishment well, you know what i mean like he still had the repercussions of being tardy but it was just a a way for me to like take the personal component out of it and that didn't mean that i didn't get annoyed it didn't mean i didn't get frustrated but i didn't feel so energetically charged every time he came in late. It was like no longer about me. It was just like, okay, like all right, we're going to move on and you're going to take your seat and and so there's not a perfect science to it, but that's just one from my own personal journey that I, that always sticks with me.
0: Yeah, like I think one of my tendencies was probably wanting to do it all and my script was probably like if I didn't then I wasn't a good teacher. I think a lot of teachers can probably empathize with that train of thought, even like when it comes down to those apathetic students. Like if I had students who weren't engaged, I might would have thought I was doing something wrong. Like I wasn't doing enough, um, even though like I was planning for hours and hours. Amen. You know, just again, just taking it personally. So, okay. All right. We have teachers we now are like, okay, we're figuring out our tendencies. We're learning our scripts. What are some of the challenges that you see most often when teachers start to implement this TLC method?
1: Yeah, I think it's the biggest thing that I see. And I think this is just natural teacher tendency is uh, to, to think, oh, I shouldn't feel that way? Or why did I, you know, like, like we then beat ourselves up for having the scripts that we didn't realize we have, but now we realize we have. And we're like, oh, I've ruined children. <laughs> you know, like we have these like, like things like, oh, now I've ruined how many kids have I? Cause I've thought about that. I'm like, oh my goodness. In my 20 years of teaching, how many kids have I just like owe some like amends to with just my temper or just like flying off the handle or but then I, I forget, like how many kids I probably positively impacted too. You know, we we right. have that negativity bias. So, so I want to just say, go into this work like gently and cu- with curiosity. And you know, the the first step I would just take is like take a day or even like a half a day and just write down when you're feeling like. Some sort of like maybe heightened emotion and maybe even like a positive emotion and and write it down. I call it like a mind body journal. Like, when do you feel that way and what's causing it? And like that's a really good way to just start to to, you know, track how you're feeling um from day to day because again, we can get to the end of our day and think that all was horrible. Like every single moment was just a wash. But it's not true. Like right. it's just, it's not it's not true. And, um, you know, the more we can write those things down, I think the and over time, I think you start to see trends and you start to see, you know what? Um, there is a lot of good in what I'm doing. And um, you know, the kids have a lot of stuff going on right now. There is no doubt, and we cannot in any way shape or form fix all of the things that they are bringing into our classrooms. But we have to be gentle with ourselves and we have to meet them where they are and meet ourselves where we are.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, you said that and it was really interesting to me because I just, I thought about, you said, keeping a log. Well, when I was going through my toughest burnout stage, Um, I was going through a divorce, so I went to a therapist and the therapist told me, you know, like I was asking me questions. I told her I kept a planner. She's like, in your planner, I want you to break your break apart your day into chunks. And instead of looking at the whole day as a terrible day, because that was something I said all the time, I'm like, it was an awful day. She's like, Mm -hmm. what made it awful? All of it. The whole day was Mm -hmm. awful. But once I started breaking it apart into chunks and really like looking at, Almost like the data, like how we do for our students. I was able to see, huh? My my whole day wasn't bad. Actually, my morning was pretty good. Then, you know, sometime around lunch, it got kind of iffy. And then in the late afternoon, it was great. But then at night, the kids were crazy. So obviously, that part was bad. And I was reflecting at the end of my day when really you have to look at the whole and call it, you know, that all or nothing thinking that you were talking about. Um, mm-hmm. But then later on, I actually went into noticing those trends, and then noticing when I was drinking enough water, when I was mm-hmm. eating, what if I wasn't eating, what time of the month was it, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing mm-hmm. to really recognize. Hey, my life really isn't all bad. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like just yeah. little pieces, and so that that's really cool that you even kind of mentioned that because that was something that
1: really helped me too. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely.
0: You know, you mentioned um, you have a book. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the book and what it has in it? Because I know that it will really support a lot of teachers who are looking to be a little bit more mindful and have those better interactions throughout their days as well.
1: Yeah. So the book I wrote, um, I wrote in 2018 after battling, battling, I guess, um, going through two bouts of teacher burnout. Um and coming out the other side of it. It's called the path of the mindful teacher. And what I found through going through those two bouts of burnout was that they were caused by completely different things. Mm-hmm. And the first bout was really about uh, my personal life was kind of a mess. And I was also a very new teacher. And I found some really great coping tools to work on those things. Um, and then when I, encountered the next bout of burnout about 10 years later, it was because I still didn't know how to have boundaries at school. I still didn't know how to like put those things into practice. So it Mm -hmm. looked like I had everything going right, which is why they were asking me to do so much stuff, but I didn't know how to say no. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really, so you can relate to that. Um, (laughs) I'm sure so many of us can relate to that because it's like the people who look like they have it together, they're like, here, have more. And you're like, Sure. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I almost didn't like go back to school one year and I just almost hit under, you know, a rock and like to let them find me. Um, and what I did was I went on a sabbatical. I went on an educational sabbatical and really just dove into the practices that were helping me, um, where, were a lot of mindfulness stuff, but I really wanted to know how to bring that to my classroom because it was helping me outside of school. Mm-hmm. I needed to like have it all day. Like I needed to bring the stuff to my practice, to my classroom, to that like big game of like, that's where I'm getting tripped up the most. Not when I'm mm-hmm. quiet in my house, not when I'm like, you know, like going to a yoga class. I need like, that's great. All oh, that's great. But then how do I then transfer it into what I'm actually up against? In school. So that's what the book is about. It's about, um, really a 10 step like path that I, that I, I share with, with teachers. And basically, um, you know, it, it's about really the, the, the grain of it that I, that I get to is that we need to figure out the things that we can control and like go in on those. And not that we don't care about the other things. But really like bringing that mo- mindful awareness to the things that we can control and letting the other stuff go is like, that's where we're going to be our best teacher selves. Um, so I would really, um, love anybody that wants to, to check it out. Please check it out. It's, um, you know, it, it is relevant and, um, even more so than I realized in 2018.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'll definitely be putting that. In the show notes, the link to grab that book, because I really think it's so powerful. It's so empowering when we know that we're not alone, when we know that other teachers have felt the way that we have felt and they come out on the other side of that. I think for a long time, nobody shared that. Nobody. Nobody was sharing that, number one, that they were going through it (laughs) or that they came out the other side. And so I think your book does just that, especially because you experienced it even before the pandemic. Because even now, I think lots of people think, oh, well, it's just because of the pandemic. But this has been happening for a long time. I think teachers have been experiencing this for longer than we've just been sharing. So yeah, we'll be putting that in the show notes for teachers to go and check it out. But before I let you go, is there anything that maybe you want to leave teachers with? Any advice maybe about burnout or scripts or any of that? I think
1: that the biggest thing I just want to leave teachers with is that you are in this profession because you deeply care for your kids. And I want to encourage all of the teachers listening To know that when they care for themselves, they are showing that care for their kids. And we have got to do that. We have to help each other remember that. It's not just like a hokey woo woo thing. Like it's legitimate and it is something that these kids need to see. And sometimes that might mean leaving our job or changing jobs or changing schools because it's not the right fit. So nobody's saying you need to stay in a place that's like right, toxic for yourself. So I'm certainly not saying that. But when we start to take those steps to care for ourselves and, and, and really own our own um, stuff, I think that sometimes things do start to transform for us.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I just, I want to thank you, Danielle, for being a part of the podcast and for, you know, sharing your insights with the podcast community. For anybody who wants to learn more from you, maybe find your book, your website. Can you share
1: a little bit about where they can find you? Sure, sure. So I'd love to, um, if this resonated with you as a listener, um, please feel free to reach out to me. You can find all the, the programming at, that I do at teachingwell.life. But if you are one that are like, I need to talk to you, I want to like bring this to the teachers that I work with, or have some sort of like, you know, you really felt called to like do this work with me, please reach out Danielle at teachingwell.life or schedule a call with me teachingwell.life forward slash call and we can get on the phone and I bring this work to schools. So I would love the opportunity to talk with you and we can say, how can we bring this to your, to the other teachers that you work with even? So please check out, um, my book, but also if you want to uh, do a call, Danielle, I'm sorry, teachingwell.life forward slash call. And I also have, um, if anybody wants just like a collection of resources that you can print out for your class, um, it's teachingwell.life forward slash bundle. And that will give you like different things you can hang up in your classroom, different like quick ch- tips on like a 40 hour work week. Lots of different things that are going to definitely help your um, well-being. Absolutely. So we will definitely
0: put those in the show notes as well for everybody to go and check out. Thank you again, Danielle, for being here on the podcast. It was a pleasure talking with you today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. I look forward to to talking with you soon.